0: Welcome back, folks. Jeez Louise, I got the bubble in my throat thing. Really good timing for that. Welcome- I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Whatever I've done, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Roughly a Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Boyd, joined by a very bashful, very uh, very concerned Phil Smiraldo. And the reason Phil is concerned is because I have prompted him with this week's outline and said at the very top of it, it says that Phil has a chance to apologize and Phil does not know what he's apologizing for, which is always great. And so here it is, Phil. Do you or do you have any guesses as to what it is? Okay, so
1: I thought it was maybe Canzone because at the start of like last year, when the Seawald thing went down, you had actually called it. You said between him, Davis Schneider, I you 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 put some other names out there. Yeah. that I couldn't remember but i remember i was low on canzone but i i really you know that meme with Shaq. i apologize i was not familiar with your game yep. that was me that was me with canzone hey, i was that, not familiar with his game
0: that was canzone 15 pounds ago that's a whole other guy yeah. now um it is not related to down canzone okay, this so is it's not payroll uh, wait no
1: i need to keep guessing okay um
0: I'll, I'll I'll say it's it's nothing personal between you and I it's, it's it is a baseball related thing so it's not it's like ba- I'm, okay. it's not like I'm bringing up like like old shit here to to have you baseball
1: related uh, Does it have to do with this is my other guess does it have to do with coaching of the team no okay I'm I'm out of guesses I don't know
0: this speaks to just a clear uh, lack of a guilty conscience on your part here um when the uh when the discourse about the old baseball uniforms started to drop a couple of weeks ago I would say that you were pretty dismissive of this being a thing. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Okay. I see where we're
0: going. You were like, you were, the the ethos of your point was basically like, this is, this is stupid. It doesn't matter. After (laughs) seeing these things in action, the, the, the nylon see-through pants, the tiny, you know, little, little kids Jersey numbers. Do you want to walk back your statements?
1: You know, I don't actually. Of because... course you
0: don't.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, okay, the see-through pants, fine. It, but I've watched both games that were televised. They're not see through. Like you can't see anything. I, I I don't know if it's like picture day lighting or, or what what the deal is there. But when you're actually watching the games on the field, it looks the exact same as as what it was pri- prior prior. I don't know
0: why a little bit of a slip there for you to say privates there, but
1: (laughs) Um, as, and as far as the tops go with like, I've seen a lot of screen grabs lately of like specifically, I don't know why this one's making the rounds, but JP Crawford is, have you seen that one? Yeah. Okay. And it does like the last year's and then this year's I I just don't fucking care. Like it's just, it does not matter. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't, it
0: doesn't. You're right that it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, probably. But you're also m- missing the forest through the trees here, which is that it's not whether it matters or not. It's just the objective truth that these look like shit. That they yeah they, they're <laughs> worse. No, they're
1: definitely worth. I will they, give you that.
0: They look. They look. Uh, they look like baseball is actively trying to um, cheapen its product and wants you to know about it. And that that is, I think, the 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 significance of it, where you can get a little bit more big picture with with this thing.
1: Wait, can I bring something up with the 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 actual
0: performance of the uniforms, though? The, this this is a move that Kevin Mather would have endorsed as a cost cutting measure.
1: Sure, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bat for my boy Rob Manfred really quickly. Yes.
0: Okay, <laughs> you're just, you just talking about how much you love lawyers before this started. So,
1: <laughs> okay, here's. A, I know you played like little league and, and middle school and think, all that. Do you, know? think, I
0: don't... do you think anyone has ever told Rob Manfred too much to his face? You're my guy. Like,
1: <laughs> like, dude, what would I do without you, Rob? I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't think it's happened. Okay. Anyways,
1: But you've worn baseball jerseys, right? Like I... we all have, even if you were a freaking T ball kid, everyone's played baseball at some point. Sure. Now the thing with baseball jerseys and uniforms, I, I don't know. Do I call them a Jersey or a uniform? What do you call them?
0: Well, the, the jersey is the top. The uniform is the okay. whole thing.
1: Okay, so then then I should use the word uniform. The, the, the thing with baseball uniforms, and we all played a lot of sports when we were kids, by far the most uncomfortable uniform that I wore as a kid. My soccer uniforms were nice and light and blah, blah, blah. My basketball, you know, it's just like a, a tank top essentially with shorts. The far and away most uncomfortable uniform is that of a baseball player you have to wear a fucking belt like like you're going to tolo or prom or whatever and like it hurts when you slide you know all that stuff i am actually kind of all for making the uniforms more comfortable like and these uniforms definitely look less bulky they look you know they look more comfortable to
0: be honest but the numbers are microscopic, or the the letters are microscopic. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Okay. So did you see the Royals actually got a waiver to do they're the only team in MLB that's going to have big letters this year because they got a waiver because they felt like having their names displayed prominently was important to the total package of what the Kansas city Royals have to offer. I don't know how they got that waiver, (laughs) but they're actually going back to the old big letters and big numbers.
0: I, I, I guarantee they won't be the only ones guarantee yeah. it. They, yeah. they, they just look so bad. And I hope the Mariners, the, Car- don't
1: the Cardinals, the Cardinals actually got a waiver to do their, their little infamous logo They're It's still stitched on. It's not pressed on. So anyway, this is all a long way of saying like, I've learned way too much about like jerseys and uniforms or whatever you want to call them in the last two weeks. I'm just so ready for some baseball.
0: Fair enough, fair enough, but uh, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to uh, at least show some, some, uh, some a different take on this, other than just who the fuck cares? Because they, I think this is this is a lot of people's like, it, it, we just find ourselves in this over and over between lockouts, players not on team, free agents not on team, major free agents not on team, stupid uniforms, new rules, scandals, where baseball is just starting the year like
1: bad way yeah down oh two yeah i get it yep. I
0: down oh two and it's it's like can we just can we just get this sport right where all the beauty and glory and the excitement of the season is paramount when you start the season and not stupid shit like this and they they, they really struggle with it they, they're, they're they terrible do. at it
1: like yeah and the most pertinent example of that is like manfred's my boy manfred my guy manfred when he was like oh it's just a piece of metal you know, talking about the rats. like that's, that's the most easy dunk layup question that you could get. And it's just such like an incredible own goal to like, just fumble the question that badly. So yeah, you're, you're right that they, that they seem to always screw up the easiest things to not screw up.
0: Correct. Um, let's uh, go micro here more to the baseball team that, uh, we, we, we cover, we're, we're, we're journalists. We, we cover this team. Um, the, uh, the news and notes about the Seattle Mariners, they they did tie uh, a baseball game today 10 to 10. Looks looked like a, a good bit of fun. Uh, but other than box score stuff, I think the big notes were like little injury stuff, including to Julio Rodriguez, Matt Brash, Gregory Santos, and Luis Arias. Urias, uh, Arias, do we know?
1: I think it's Arias. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I'll uh, text our intern about that. Julio yeah. has left in inflammation. Uh, his training was apparently at another level. What do you what do you think that was like? Like another level for for Julio. Like what what do you think made that be another level? Is like
1: okay. I'm like, actually how- glad you mentioned this because do you remember last year he the, and this is just classic Mariners Twitter offseason stuff.
0: Where, oh yeah he was he was fat and, and yeah he was uh, fat
1: and like he he didn't care about baseball because he got paid and then he was i don't know he was dating like some celebrity soccer player and it was like oh is he still is yeah okay that, yeah. good for him but like um the you, there there was this narrative that like julio is not like committed to the baseball and like uh, it was just stupid. And when you have a guy like Anthony Rendon, who is just like <laughs> out there telling you, like, I hate baseball, <laughs> like that's what not committed to baseball looks like. But apparently, Julio, long way of saying, like, I guess maybe he took those criticisms to heart. Maybe he didn't totally appreciate how he, he, and it's fair, he did have a, a very inconsistent, albeit good, not, I I wouldn't use the word great, but he had a very, very good 2023 season. But it was marred by a lot of stretches of of pretty bad baseball. And I think that at the the, plate, yeah, at the plate, he was always, you know, great defensively. But at the plate, there were some stretches where he was he was not good. He was chasing a lot. I think Teoscar Hernandez was like a bad role model to him. You see Teoscar's comments today? No,
0: he uh, he said that he couldn't he couldn't like. Get a good view of the pitcher in Seattle, like, it's like, he, like he's like kind of like a batter's eye issue. Um,
1: yeah. So, do you remember they used to have like shrubs as the batter's eye and then they just went to straight black?
0: Yeah, the honeycomb that was, like, that was like that was like 04. Yeah, that was like a yeah. like a uh, it's synonymous with like Beltray, like when they they yeah. made that fix.
1: You know, Willie Adams said the same thing about Tampa Bay when he left. He was like, it's "I just couldn't hit. I couldn't hit there. It was hard to see the ball."
0: Who knows? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that could be some revisionist history from Teoscar, or it could be legitimate. And and every guy's different, so I don't know. But anyways, yeah, Teoscar is not the free swinging uh, uh, outfield mate that we would want next to Julio. We need someone more disciplined in his life.
1: That was definitely the first time I've heard that what you just said about like it being hard to see you know, you always have the the normal complaints about Seattle where it's like oh green the ball layer, yeah. The ball, yeah yeah, but I've never heard it's hard to see the ball,
0: yeah, who knows? Um, we'll see if that uh, that I, that something tells me that the divish kramer the 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 uh, mafioso in the Seattle reporting, and I don't mean that pejoratively, I legitimately mean those guys are good i i i I'd imagine there's a story there to ask players what how they feel about that. Um, Matt Brash, another little injury bug going on, unspecified right arm issue that he'd prefer not to disclose. He got a tattoo, didn't he? And he's, he's just <laughs> – it, 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 it hurts.
1: I mean – it's one of two things. It's either something so silly and minor like that, or it's like his arm literally fell off and he is not pitching this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you never know, like soggy armed uh, Drew Spiley, like it sounds yeah. innocuous, Sounds innocuous, but who knows? Uh, Greg. Brash, Sand- was,
1: Brash was worked hard last year. Like I don't, I don't feel super good about working him as hard this year as they did last year.
0: Yeah. He, what was he like leading baseball in reliever innings last year? Think, um, uh, yeah. Um, Gregory Santos has some right shoulder soreness, should be throwing again soon, but has not started his normal throwing regimen. Uh, same with Luis Arias, uh, who has a right shoulder issue and has not been throwing as of yet. Any other injury things that I'm missing? Well,
1: he did. He did DH yesterday, I think, or the day before. So he's back on the field, but it should be just a, a matter of time before he's, you know, I, I'm not ultimately too concerned about that one.
0: Yeah, I don't think I am either, at least at this point. Obviously, if any of those guys are actually hurt, like big hurt or even little hurt, that really sucks. But at this point, um, it's just it's just news. There's there's no
1: speaking of injuries. The Angels released their first injury report. Do you know who was on that injury report?
0: (laughs) I sure do, and his—he's no longer on the team, so we don't have to bleep his name out anymore. That'd huh. be Evan White, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and did you see how why he's on the injury report? Yeah,
1: still hurting from his surgery last year, last May. Last May, yeah, that's bad. Hips. Bad.
0: I, that is a that is a um. It sucks to say, and he got he got paid. I mean, that is a that is yeah, a bro- I- that is a that is a broken young man.
1: We can shit on him all we want, all we want, because he got paid for it. Like he, he, he gets to get shit on.
0: But someone, one of our dedicated followers, go find the episode where, where, where we are speculating that Evan White got scammed on that contract because <laughs> because it was out there. That was a legitimate concern.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it. And to be fair, like you have someone like Ozzy Albie's who did get kind of scammed on that similar mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. of contract. You know, it does happen. But that's why I think we should get away from calling those types of contracts scams one way or the other. It's because, look, this is a risky contract for both sides. you perform really, really well, you're going to be severely underpaid. But also, you get the security if you end up like Evan White. So it's it, it's an interesting deal. But I think, ultimately, they're pretty fair in the in the grand scheme of things.
0: And ask Matt Chapman and Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery if you actually want to become a free agent in Major League Baseball right. these days as, as, a, as a non-Shohei Otani-level player. Yeah, good I, point. I, I don't think you do. Uh, okay, let's get into the meat of things here. We are going to talk, each of us are going to talk about three things that we're actually caring about here with spring training. So it's kind of just a primer to set ourselves up for uh, for interest. There's so much going on in spring training. Most of it is not actual like baseball because there's so many guys getting thrown in and out. And uh, you know yeah. who, who knows what the, the team even really cares about with what they're looking at here. Uh, so three things that we're paying attention to as we cover this spring training. Um, I know your three is uh, Dom zones, OPS, Dom Kenzone's, uh batting average against lefties, and yeah. Dom, Dom zones defense. Correct? Those are your three.
1: Pretty much. Uh, no, but in all in all seriousness, one of them is half of it is Dom zone versus Taylor Trammell. I have this weird sinking feeling that Trammell is just making the team no matter what because mm. of the options thing. Correct. And I just, I, I hate that because Kenzone is like so ridiculously much more intriguing. I would, if the Mariners do that and they play that little roster game, I I wouldn't be happy. It's almost like akin to like service time manipulation. It's option manipulation. Like, oh, we got to put this guy on because he doesn't have any options when really the better guy is getting screwed because of a minor contractual quirk i don't i don't love that i think the mariners are going to make the right decision i'm just worried that they don't so i i i think the only way i'll feel good about it is if it's like so apparent that canzone is just head and shoulders above tremel which i think he is but that's that's the the one battle that i actually think is worth caring about
0: so Kenzone with three options left, Trammell out of options. If they do not roster Trammell then to start the year, then he is just a free agent, right? He can get picked up yeah. by, any, by anybody, whereas Canzone yep. can start the season in AAA and mm-hmm. they can see what they have with Trammell for one more bout. I mean, the thing with that is like, if you do that, you're going to be DFAing. It, like, I hate to say it because I love Taylor Trammell and I wanted to be good and I've wanted to be good for so long, but it, the, the odds are pretty strong that you're going to be DFAing Taylor Trammell by April 30th.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, you just wasted a month for in a competitive seat. You know, if it was, if we were in 2021, I'd be like, yeah, we'll give Trammell one last go of it. Right. But the, we're in 2024 now. Like, you don't, and and the Mariners have gotten off to slow starts in yep. 2022 and 2023 that have R- hampered. Cripplingly
0: slow starts. Yeah. Yes.
1: And you just can't afford that. You have to put your best roster on the field day one. Like, you just have to. And options be damned. If Taylor Trammell gets DFA'd and goes on to have a great career somewhere else, good for him. But the odds of it happening in Seattle are none. They're zero. Like, we just, it's it, it wouldn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting fight there. And uh, certainly, you understand the, the constraint there with the options, but I think the even if the two players are relatively even to start the year, like I, I there's just, there's more there to be seen with Dom Canzone. And it's yes. like, it's, and you know, it's kind of like the Dom Canzone could be anything. He could be Taylor Trammell, you know, like like that's, that's out there too. But I think the profile is more tantalizing for, for Canzone than Trammell. And, and there's, just, there's a lot of guys like Trammell. Like we just traded one to, to, uh, to the White Sox to get Gregory Santos, you know, it's like, yeah, this type of player is, uh, abundant unfortunately
1: and just just to put a, a little wrap on why i think this is intriguing is like usually the 26th spot is like a guy who's you know he's gonna play here and there here and there whatever this guy's gonna play a lot whoever it is if it's tramell <laughs> or Canzone or Pade Marlowe it's not like the classic 26th guy on the bench this is gonna be a major league contributor at least in terms of that bats so it matters
0: Speaking of what matters and what doesn't, my first thing here is uh here's what my first thing is not, and that is stats. And I just want everyone to remember this and to not fall into the trap. And like, yeah, I mean, certain things are are great. The fact that Mitch Garver and Domkin's own homer today is great. And the fact that Ryan Bliss went three for three today is certainly better than the fact that he went over three. But looking at like the entirety of someone's spring training performance as a barometer for how they're gonna do in 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 the regular season. That's not that just isn't there. We hoped it was there last year when a certain young man named Jared Kelnick had a one point one OPS last year in spring training and looked yeah. phenomenal and carried some of that up until about May tenth and in, into the year last year. I don't exactly remember the fall off date was for Jared, but roughly around then. So stats are not the thing to look at, especially like full picture, full full spring training stats for a guy. What does matter, I think, more than anything, especially for this team, which, if as constructed, the twenty-six man, as we expect it to be, looks like a team that can be very competitive for the AL West, very competitive into the, the late of the season, is health, and yeah. that is the most important thing. Getting these four guys to, well, really these three guys to start the year healthy is very important. Mitch Haniger, Mitch Garver, Jorge Polanco, having them all. Yeah. Opening day starters makes this lineup and makes this team deep and, and interesting. You said it very well the last time we podcasted that Dylan Moore's, what, neck injury last year was the difference mm-hmm. between us having, you know, uh, it was the Tommy LaStella effect. Like that, yeah. that was where we were found ourselves in mid-May pining for freaking Dylan Moore to be back, back in the right, lineup. Right. So having everyone healthy at the beginning of the year is, is paramount, I think, more than just about anything with this. Uh, I, I loved hearing the, did you hear about the the Kirby plan for Brian Wu, like working backwards from the all-star break really to, to map out his starts yeah, uh, yeah. to protect him. Um, and there there's just Bryce Miller standing there. Like who am I chopped liver? Like, why don't I get protected? But uh, Brian Wu is, is a little more fragile for, for Definitely. obvious reasons given his history.
1: Yep. Very well said. Yep. Health. I just, it's, if you would ask me, would you rather the Mariners, Go oh and 30 and nobody gets a hit the entirety of the spring, but everyone stays healthy or they do pretty good and somebody gets hurt. I'm taking the first one. Like, can, it's they, just place, a- can they
0: please do that? Though? <laughs> no, 30 with no hits. Oh, man. that'd be awesome heading into the year.
1: Yeah, they almost no hit the Reds yesterday. Actually, it's they took true. it into like the eighth inning. So
0: yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, number two. They, I- yep.
1: I want to see what Emerson Hancock is all about. There's like this little inkling of a buzz there's a little buzz
0: going around with you know what with we call him. that you know what we call that Phil that's a that's a po- that's a classic post hype sleeper right there
1: yes he is a post hype sleeper now from what i hear my sources Ooh. i'm going to do that <laughs> no i don't have sources
0: we do cover the, <laughs> we do we do cover the team we have sources
1: yeah um but just from what you're seeing on social media quotes that are coming out all of that stuff um the velocity is up and there is a little bit more oomph, a little bit more bite a little bit more snap to the braking stuff. He's always been a pretty good control control guy. It's that's never been the concern where he's one of those live arms that just walks a, a million people. He's always had the 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 good control. If the if the stuff starts sitting 94 95 instead of 92 93, yeah, it's only a couple miles an hour, but that makes a huge huge difference in terms of the total arsenal. So I'm really interested to see Emerson's hand, hand Emerson Hancock's first start, and I'm hoping that there is it's at a park with, um, a a radar gun, but also b like, <laughs> broadcast data, like so we can see what what's going on. But if it's not, it's not. But there there is definitely some intrigue going on with Emerson Hancock, and I think he'll be a valuable piece this year.
0: I might be having my my uh, spring training puff pieces mixed up here with the you know this guy added a new thing but it did he get go to the justice sheffield school of adding a two-seamer because his four-seamer didn't have enough movement to it could
1: be i mean that sounds like because he is not he is if he's going to succeed he is a classic sinker slider guy like mm-hmm. it's just, the four-seamer was not very good and like i think this is what kind of is frustrating about baseball is in general i guess the way it's being taught grow- coming up now it's mm-hmm. like everyone has to throw the exact same arsenal. Everyone has to do things, you know, high fastball, you know, for high force team fastball with spin rate because that's what gets whiffs and and you know, hard breaking slider because that's what tunnels best off of the off the fastball. Not every guy is going to pitch that way and we need some idiosyncrasy in the game. We need different types of pitchers. I it, I don't think that that mode of of operating works for Hancock. I think they just need to make him the best pitcher that he can be, not the prototypical. Oh, this is what we want you to be. So it'll be interesting to see his development.
0: There you go. Yes, Seattle Times uh, Ryan Davis story here. Hancock's spring in twenty twenty three was without incident. He Your I and made a solid impression with the big league coaches. The Mariners encouraged him to use his sinking two seam fastball more. Believing it was a more viable pitch to the MLB, his four seam fastball that didn't quite have the velocity or spin rate to generate swings and misses or weak contact.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad the Mariners realized that and they didn't try and shove him into the four seam up slider down. You know, which honestly, it works really good for some guys, but you have to have the specific profile to match.
0: Yeah, and it worked great for yeah. Justin Sheffield, so that will uh, <laughs> certainly pan out. No, is I, he still
1: I, around? I, is he still kicking around in baseball?
0: They're all kicking around always, um, but uh, yeah, don't know, don't know exactly where. Uh, that's a great point with Hancock. That's uh, somebody that we all th- think about in that exact same story. You, I, I think you literally have uh, Scott Service saying like, we know that it's not going to be just five starters this year. So Hancock will get his shot, and I think you know whether that, uh, you know that that could like Hancock getting a spot, to, two you know uh, two spot starts for whoever this year you know quick quick rest for for woo or miller however it goes it's going to happen at some point Mm -hmm. him being tantalizing in those opens up a ton of options for for everybody for for, for him for for the mariners and i think that's that's something that that happening in like may or june is very interesting too from a trade perspective um for all parties involved so uh, yeah. And an important piece to this year, even though he yeah. certainly won't start the year uh, on the big league club.
1: And keep in mind, you know, Robbie Ray was going to play that role as kind of the late season refresher for all the guys to, you know, yep. take a blow here, take a blow there. Robbie Ray is no more. Um, so it's going to that role is de facto going to Hancock. So it's an important role.
0: Speaking of see-through pants, um, let's talk about my second point here, which is the movie Platoon starring Charlie Sheen and Willem Dafoe um, uh, and the remake this summer coming to a theater new year starring Josh Rojas and Luis Arias Arias. Uh, these two these two guys. What's that?
1: Did you ever see Platoon?
0: Yeah, it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, a movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, those, those Vietnam War movies are all...
1: All the same. They all blend together. They
0: kind of are, like... I, I think I'm partial having them only seen them once. I think I'm partial to a uh, full metal jacket though.
1: That movie's great. Yeah. It's I think that's, scary, though.
0: Oh, they're all, they're all freaky. And I think they all, they all yeah. capture the essence of that very well. Um, Deer Hunter. You ever seen Deer Hunter?
1: That's the De Niro one, right?
0: De Niro. Um, we've got, I think, uh, what's his name? The uh, Christopher Walken's in it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good one too. If you check that out. Anyways. Josh Jacob's Rojas, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Oscar season is uh, uh, <laughs> on us here. Josh Rojas, Luis Arias, uh, Josh Rojas is the lefty. These these two guys will, least, unless some mystical free agent third baseman shows up in our life, these two guys will be manning third base also unless Jorge Blanco uh, ends up kind of moving over there. But that doesn't seem to be the case, at least to start well, the season.
1: Well, well, who yeah. knows here? <laughs> okay, just indulge me for a second.
0: I will. I would love to. I do it uh, weekly throughout the year.
1: What would it take? And I know this. I'm only saying this because he went three for three today. What would it take for Ryan Bliss to make the team, move Jorge Polanco over to third base, slide Rojas into the utility role? What would like? What would he have to do?
0: I mean, we just talked about you're killing it. Going, <laughs> for, yeah, like I, know, a, I know, I know, I know. A one one OPS and and making the team, and you know, uh, I mean, I I. I could talk for an entire episode about Ryan bliss. I I'm very optimistic about, or I'm very, t- I don't, I don't fully. You're
1: tantalized.
0: Play. Yeah. I I do. I want to like buy stock and feel solid about him being Altuve jr. That, that feels a little foolish, but like, God damn, if he can put it together, uh, yep. he, he stole third easily today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and got tools.
1: he's got tools.
0: Yeah. So that, that's, that's a, that's a fascinating situation, but I think regardless of who who it is um, the, the, the nexus of second and third on the Mariners is an interesting storyline heading into this year. So assuming that it is the, the kind of basic option here, the, you know, the uh, smooth brain thinking of that, it's going to be a platoon between, (laughs) between Rojas and Arias Rojas is your lefty. (laughs) 30% of his career defensive innings are at third his career splits WRC plus wise left and right goes 60 and 81. So he's, you know, the, I guess, better option against righties. And then Arias is the right, right-hander. I'm going to just alternate pronunciations of him throughout the year. 38% of his career defensive innings are at third. So neither one of these guys is a primary third baseman uh, up to this point. His career splits lefty righty WRC plus 105 76. So he's the better option against lefties. So my question to you is in that platoon work for this year or is or is is this like desperately needing an improvement
1: yeah no it can work but again you you mentioned the health thing right like that platoon becomes so bad so quickly if one of those guys has to take the wrong types of at-bats right like if rojas has to start like taking every day at bats against lefties, or and, and not, not just
0: team. not just their health, but the health of the other guys where they could possibly have to fill in, where it's like Rojas right. has to play second or play left or you know that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing, like that platoon works in an ideal scenario, and I actually think it's like a pretty good platoon. I think it's like a three win platoon, like it's it's essentially a better version of Gino last year, like three three and a half wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so sketchy because it has to just be in the ideal circumstances where, okay, Rojas, you're strictly taking, uh you know, at-bats against lefties, uh, or Urias, you're strictly taking bats against lefties. Rojas, you're strictly taking the at-bats against righties. But the moment that anybody, like let's say Polanco gets hurt, right? The moment that Luis Urias is taking like every day at-bats against right-handed pitching, we are not in good shape. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's not looking good. So in a sense... I think it's a very good idea, but it's so contingent on the health. Like, one, it feels a little more, like, domino-y than, like, another random injury, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Like, let's say Luke Rayleigh gets hurt, right? You can just kind of plug Cade Marlowe in and, like, yeah, the production's not as good and you're probably missing some stuff. But, like, more or less, the rest of the team stays intact. You have somebody in that second base, third base crop go down; it just becomes a mess, and and I don't really know how you deal with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very well said, and and so I think that's why. Again, my first point is health. That this this whole thing, this whole, uh, you know, the, the, this I wouldn't say the cart is rickety, but like that's that's the acknowledged risk with the, this roster construction is that there is. Uh, a fair amount of injury like there's a bunch of 80 guys that like yeah there's an 80 chance they make it through the season healthy right 27- that means
1: one. 50- that means one of our two of them aren't going to right
0: correct exactly yeah. so so like when you start thinking of it that way it's like well then can we even can we even spend time thinking about this platoon knowing that josh rojas is probably going to be playing all over the diamond uh right. this, this year which begs the question is that mystery third baseman free agent uh, savior worth pursuing given that he is still out there. That being, of course, match Happen.
1: God, I mean, he wasn't very good last year and he's, he's, he's not immune to the aging curve. And I know what the war will say, but it was almost Geno like where it's like the war is propped up by defense. And yes, Chapman has like a long history of being one of the best defenders, not only at third base, but just in MLB, but what we know about aging is well, defense tends to be one of those first things to go because range tends to be one of the first things to go when you age and you know, he's going to want a four or five, six year contract.
0: I, so did, so did I, Cody Bellinger, by the way, like
1: that's true. That's true. But Cody got the opt-outs, which that was, that was pretty good. I don't think he's hurting on that deal. Like that was a pretty fair deal in my eyes. Like, cause he gets to opt out after any one of the years. So I think it was, it was fine. Um,
0: Boy, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna I, give you I, two, two options. Yeah. There's the okay, si- there's yeah. the sign Chapman now for something like the 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 Bellinger deal. Just okay. just just say, or there is the come mid July trade, what you could imagine because Cleveland is not going to take anything less than what you could imagine.
1: Right, right, right.
0: For Jose Ramirez, hmm.
1: I'd rather do that one.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jose Ramirez is under contract until he's 35 and, like...
1: And he's so good. He is so good.
0: (laughs) He's incredible, and he's an awesome, awesome, awesome locker room guy, and everyone loves him. And that's the
1: thing I've come to kind of accept about the trades. Like, as I remember I was railing on the Castillo trade, but, like, if you're going to trade at all, you just do what it takes, but get a guy who it's not like, well, if he does this or if he does that or if he improves this or if he improves that just get the guy that's fucking good. Like, right, just get the guy who's really good and just swallow the cost. And that's one of those lessons I learned with Castillo. Yeah, it does it hurt not having Noel V. Marte a little bit? Does it hurt not having Edwin Arroyo? Eh, sort of, I guess. I don't, mm, not really. But you know that you're going to go out and get 30 starts from a workhorse this year, and that itself is just like, it's more valuable than whatever those guys could have provided.
0: Yeah, very well said, and I think I'm with you too. And I think the Mariners are too. Yeah. That I th- I think that they want proof of concept that they have <gasps> a competitive team mid July, and then can yeah. pi- can pivot into that option like they did in 2021, uh, getting, yeah. uh, getting or 2022, getting Castillo. So uh, because
1: Chapman's a question mark. Let's be real; like he was not a good hitter last year.
0: He's a, he is a question mark. <laughs> and at this rate, Matt Chapman might be available in July to sign yeah. anyways. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's not completely off the table either uh what is your what is your third thing you're paying attention to this spring training
1: this one is going to be we talked about stats not mattering but this is a specific type of stat i want to like say that does matter like things that you should be looking for in spring ty france goes from second to third on a routine fly ball to right center was ty france able to do that last year the answer is no okay does it matter that he's doing that in Peoria, Arizona, or is that skill going to realistically translate to Seattle? Yes, speed is going to translate regardless. Wh- whatever your speed is, it's not going to get where it's. It's not like batting average, right? Where there's all these litany of factors, and you know the BABIP and
0: that that marine layer is so thick that running through it is like <laughs> is like running through hummus. It's just it's going to slow him down.
1: But okay, you understand what I'm saying. Look for the skills that translate that you don't have to like, that aren't dependent on anything else. If a pitcher adds three miles an hour to his fastball, that's not dependent. That's not like judging his ERA in the spring, right? That is something that is completely independent of a stat. That is something that is like, you can hold in your hand. Like that's three miles an hour. You know, Mm -hmm. that's going to translate. If a guy is running faster, you know, that's going to translate. If a guy is max exit velo is four miles an hour higher than his ever career high max exit below. That is something, you know, the bat speed improved. So when I look at spring training and I'm evaluating guys, I try to look, I throw like your conventional stats out the window. Wr Even when I say conventional, I mean things like WRC plus, things like that, that are sort of-
0: Outcome based.
1: On, yeah, yeah, exactly. Try and look at the things that you know for a fact are going to translate to the regular season.
0: Yeah, very well said, and that again is another uh, another pin for Ryan Bliss, right? Like that the, mm-hmm. that that the the hit tool, him getting, uh, you know, hit him mashing into a, a, a into a gap today, and then stealing second to third is right. eye opening in a different way than like uh, I don't know, like Cade Marlowe hitting a single to right. Like it just doesn't, right. uh, it, it it's like, okay, well, uh, like a grounder that goes through the hole for Cade Marlowe and not, not exactly. say anything about Cade Marlowe, but just like, you yeah. know, when you're looking at the, it's like, what, what did, what did they do? What is the outcome? But how did it happen? And what did it look like?
1: That's exact. That's, I mean, you know, we always like shy away from like eye test, right? Like you want to use stats to back up argument. But spring training is the land of like the eye test. Like, did that look good? Like, because really that's what matters in spring training is like skills that you believe will be translatable, not ERA, not FIP, not WRC plus, not any of that stuff. Because that's all variable.
0: I think eye test and and uh, the, the radar gun being uh, like... Midseason form for Luis Castillo yesterday is an yeah. incredible, incredibly positive note <laughs> rather than totally. to like I remember last year. We're like, shit, this is is he dragging ass to get to ninety yeah. right now, um, and, yeah, he probably, and he probably he, he he probably was, but this year it looks like he's more more ahead of the curve.
1: And uh, if I'm wrong, correct me, but he's conventionally like a slow starter anyway, right?
0: Yes, I think yeah. I think he, he, he if not he gives off slow starter energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we love him. Um, my third thing, and this, this is going to be a lot of eye test here because it's, okay. it's, it's a, it's a trust thing is what does the factory spit out and you know, what factory I'm talking about and It's, it's yeah. the, Mariners, the Mariners reliever factory. There will be eight relievers on this, this year's starting roster as they're always hard. There's 13 pitchers. Five of them are starters, eight, eight relievers. There's the big four, which I think given health, uh, would be Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, Gregory Santos and Gabe Spire. Those are the four, the four guys that I think the, the, the lowest trustees that you can hand, hand the ball to, uh, to end games. The next three, I think that I'm feeling okay. And, you know, reasonable about uh, Trent Thornton, Taylor Siseido and Austin both. Yes. Both given his, his kind of, uh, you know, stretchiness uh, Thornton and sauce for what they did last year. The others, the, the, and there's probably more guys here that I didn't even have on my list, but Carlos Vargas seems to have vaulted himself into the conversation. Yeah, it really
1: uh, feels like he's got the lead right now, doesn't it?
0: For this last spot. Carlos Vargas, who's been clocked at 101 um, recently, his slider has tremendous bite. This is just a matter of control with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Coar, Ty Adcock, Cody Bolden, Colin Snyder. There are others. Uh, what would Carlos, like, the thing about... Vargas is that him being, if you really do feel as good as I do about those seven, mm-hmm. Carlos Vargas is the perfect eighth because it's, a, it's oh. a, he's, he's, he's you can put him in low leverage situations. Yeah. There's no pressure. I mean, there are, there is pressure in the big leagues, but there the, you're not, you you can protect him in different ways and allow him to, to see what he's got at that level.
1: So I'm glad you mentioned that the mix of the bullpen is almost like uh, it's weird because it depends on the health of the top guys. And I was that was the thought that I kept kicking around, too, is like, okay, if you have these four guys, let's say in a perfect world, Spire, Santos, Brash, Munoz, that you know are going to be just your leverage guys, yeah, you can roll the dice on a Carlos Vargas. But if you have, let's say Munoz is hurt and Brash is not feeling good or whatever, and they're both going to miss a little bit of time here and there, you almost want to stash a guy like Carlos Vargas in AAA and you want to go with more of a steady Eddie, like a Corey uh, Abbott or like uh, the Creeble guy they got from Baltimore or, you know, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the Snyder guy, one of those just kind of more steady guys who's like, okay, he's not going to blow you away, but he's not going to blow the game to get you to like the last leverage guys you have. But if you have four leverage guys, Yeah, you can take a risk on it. You can hide Carlos Vargas. You can put him in in the sixth inning when you're up like seven to two and see what happens. Right. But because even if he gives up three runs and it's seven to five, you know, you still have those leverage guys at the back end. So you don't have to protect this massive lead like you feel good even if even if he kind of blows up. So it that last spot really is dependent on how the bullpen as a whole is shaping up. I, I think that's a very salient point.
0: Yeah, and and I I have no other handicaps really, and we could go through a little bit about those those other guys, but uh, until then, I think it's just like we have shown you the bouquet, and I'm I, Carlos Vargas is the the prettiest looking flower in that, and there yeah. there is there is risk in that, and like you said, if he if he's, do I trust him? Uh, up one in the seventh right now? Fuck no, no no, no chance, not at all. But it might. Absolutely tantalized by what he is uh, and what he could be, yes, because he he has Munoz DNA. Um,
1: well, he's your classic the high variance guy. He could easily end up Andres Munoz, or he could easily end up Johan Ramirez, and it's it just it totally is about throwing strikes and like honing the stuff. It's it's a hundred percent that. And some guys can do it, some guys can't. You won't know until you give them a try.
0: There you go. Doesn't and you know what they say, Phil over in over in Washington D.C. Uh, What's that? It doesn't matter how fast you throw a ball for.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can I say something about that? I'm sort of loving how much old school stuff is coming back into the game. All these guys' computers must be spitting out some like crazy shit at them to like keep doing this because there is definitely a correlation between like a a 3-0, if you're 3-0 and you throw like a 95 mile an hour fastball versus a 90 mile an hour fastball, the 90 mile an hour fastball is going to get clocked like way harder than the 95 mile an hour fastball just on average not saying that happens every time but just on average so I don't know but then you know you hear about uh, Cincinnati with like we're going to bring back bunting and then the Yankees are big on like oh we want to revitalize batting average we think it's more important so I'm kind of loving like the way the game's kind of reverting back to the way it used to be a little bit
0: yeah, I don't think Not homogeneity. Totally, but yeah, I, I don't think homogeneity is good for any sport, and the NBA is struggling with this. Of like, every game is very high scoring. Every game is, you know, full of, of three pointers. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like that that bit basketball is becoming kind of a closed system. It's like you're playing checkers, in a game that's like a solved game in a way, and it's, right. just, about, it's just about you know kind of uh, randomness at that point. Um, I don't think it's that simple, but that's that's the concern with that. And I think baseball getting into this, like you know, everybody throws the hundred and has a big sweeping slider and uh you know it's three true outcomes i don't think that that was great for baseball i don't think it has the level of attention that basketball does to to scrutinize it like that but i i don't know like i think having a guy like luis arias for miami you know who's very weird and like not a uh, like a sabre friendly guy but is slash, is saying? is getting close to yeah, 400 like, is is kind yeah. of do- dope and it's like if we it's just tu- awesome. if we just turn our brains off a little bit we can we can make room in baseball for a bunch of different types of players.
1: And my theory with that is like there'd be more Luis Arias's if we didn't train that it's uh, just like what I said about the pitchers every pitcher has to fit this box you know high four seamer and then the hard breaking slider like every pitcher has to fit that and then coming up through the systems every hitter is getting told Elevate to celebrate, you know, worry about your launch angle. Ooh, your launch, like the perfect example of that. And granted, it's true to some degree. Cabrian Hayes hits the ball so freaking hard, but he always pounds it into the turf, right? Like that guy definitely needs a little bit more launch angle in his life. But the fact that we're just trying to make every single guy into like hit the ball in the air, hit the ball in the air, hit the ball in that's not the skill set of every guy. If you told Ryan Bliss that, just like go hit every ball in the air it's not gonna work out for him he needs to find those you know because Ryan Bliss gets on first he steals second that's the type of guy mm-hmm. that is fun to watch and just putting every single person into the same box of elevate and celebrate you know it, it gets boring do you
0: hear Scott service talk about uh the uh, kids not switch hitting no it was it was fascinating he was talking about like when he's talking to kids he's like switch are you switch hitting he's like no you know kids are like no I don't I I I don't want to do it. Like I'm not good at it, basically. And it's he's just like, fuck it. Like you, like you try it. It's an incredibly valuable thing. Obviously, it's going to be hard. You're you're flipping hands, doing an already hard thing with your non-dominant hand. But like, yeah, I I I'm not. I don't think either of us are in youth development with baseball. I know neither of us are in youth development in baseball to know that. But I I I I think you're right in that. Like there is a there was a. Uh, an ethos of here's how the game is played and here's how what gets paid that that was creating this kind of funnel here's
1: what's going to get you noticed by the travel ball team it goes all the way down here's what'll get you noticed by the travel ball team and then that's what's going to get you noticed by the college and then that's what's going to get you noticed by the scouts and the pros and they fit them all into the same box because they have no i don't know originality or imagination when it comes to like imagining what a player could be if you try to do that you would turn Juan Pierre, who you know was a good baseball player, into into like a scrub because that's just not who he was.
0: They killed D Gordon. They yes. they, they 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 killed him in front of our eyes, and and that yeah. that was you know and and like shit. They, they not. It's not even the players they killed. It's like they they took a Hall of Fame career away from Kyle Seager. Like the like the 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 yeah. the, the, the the shift and and like this is how baseball looks. Is just like the entire infield is shifted to this direction, right? made Kyle Seeger into an average player when he was a great player before that.
1: Right. Cause then he, what was his response to that? Well, I just got to lift it over the infield. Right. And I'll sacrifice a lot more strikeouts to lift it over and hit home runs. It, like you said, with basketball, it just becomes like almost a solved game. Like, and that's no fun to watch. You don't want to watch people play checkers. You want to watch them play chess. Cause that's not a solved game.
0: You've talked me into it. Ryan bliss opening day roster. And I want to see it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> He's still fun. <laughs> Uh, all right, we are going to end this podcast with uh, a new new spin on uh, an old favorite here. It's really just the same thing with a different name. We have had many names for this, including uh, the Dave Sims Hat of the Week. Dave Sims was on my podcast. We stopped doing that. Uh, we called this the Eric Burns Bike Ride of the Week. Eric Burns did a funny cameo for Phil's birthday last year, and uh, that will no longer be the case. Then we called it, what, the uh, the uh, Bellevue Rotary Club of the Week? Club, yep, yep. This this year, it is uh, what's making you kick a water cooler this week. And that is an obvious reference to our old pal, Jared, who we will will definitely be checking in on Jared Killenick's progress. Oh,
1: We're going to be checking in on Jared a lot.
0: (laughs) I think of all the ex-Mariners, I am more interested in his his uh, his new new avenue than any of them before.
1: Be real and allow yourself to be a hater for a second. You want him to, you want him to suck, right? Like I do. I, I do. Mean, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to admit it. I want him to fucking suck.
0: I think it would be incredible either way. Of of I don't want him to be <laughs> average. I'll say that. Yeah. Right? I either I either want him to just be like hilariously good, and he puts it all together, and like that becomes a thing as to why it couldn't happen in Seattle, or it's just like, yeah, buddy, like uh, you know, it's it's not. It's not the car you drove. It's, it's, it's the driver here, you know? Yeah. So what's making you kick a water cooler this week?
1: I forgot. This is what's making me kick the water cooler. I forgot how hard it is for fielders in the outfield in Peoria to catch fly balls. <laughs> have you, this- have you, have you noticed that's a real thing? Like they talk, they even talk about it on the radio. Like, there are more flubbed plays in the outfield in in spring training in Arizona. They say they keep saying it's the high sky, the high sky. I don't even know what that means. The sky is the sky. It's like it's the, it's just there. I think but, is, is it,
0: is it cuz it's just like insane sunshine and no yeah. and like small stadiums. so it's just a ton of like light.
1: But di- my my point with this was like I was so excited to watch the Mariners the first day. I turned the game on. It's on the TV. I'm feeling real good. Routine ass fly ball to Kane Marlowe in center field. Just just can't find it. Just it just drops. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that's a thing here.
0: They are training, after all, right? Yeah. This is this is uh this is not live action. Um that's funny. What's making me kick a watercolor this week? Uh, Mike Hopkins, the coach of my uh my all basketball team. Um, Wait. that whole situation, true detective season four is making me Wait, kick a watercolor. What what,
1: what, what d- is there new developments with him? Or he just sucks.
0: It just sucks. the The team is is miserable, and and we're stuck with him until until the. I think honestly, what pisses me off more than anything is that the reporting around Husky basketball is so bad that nobody can answer the question: What is his buyout definitively? What is his buyout? When does it go from X to X minus three million or whatever? Nobody can give us that answer. It's just a bunch of people on Twitter asking. Wait, so he might
1: not order. even get he might not even get fired this year?
0: Oh, he's going to get fired. It's just when. There's, okay. there's a specific date when his his buyout number drops from
1: but what do you think that feels like to be him right now where you just know you're getting fired and like you what what does that even feel like?
0: I mean, I don't I don't envy him at all. I I, I think that he's honestly been dealt like I th- I think he's made a ton of mistakes in how he's run the program. But this year did have some promise of getting put together and then just some injury like Late game situation stuff made this team like go from potential tournament team to the like upsetting mess it is now. But isn't
1: that almost a good thing though? That like a hundred percent. If they had snuck into the tournament and then they didn't fire him, and then you're just kind of like, there's no energy. I don't follow basketball very much, but there is no energy about that program right now.
0: No, no, you have to be sick to watch them. Like, there's it's not a fun, fun thing, and I, I am one of those those ill ill Uh, hospital patients, so uh, hopefully that era and soon. Uh, True Detective Season 4, it is mercifully over. Um, I have... Did you watch to... the
1: whole thing?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, uh, but yeah. but like to say I watched it would imply that I was catching some of the small details that ended up mattering in the show, such as that this... You're not going to watch, right? No chance. No, I
1: don't care. I don't care at all.
0: <laughs> such as that this random woman they introduced in the first episode was missing a finger, and that ended up mattering for uh, like uh, some like bit of details just just a very very sloppy show that apparently is getting renewed which is just funny it's like it, we yeah. just can't we can't quit this this but, but we're we're, ch- we're chasing the the high of that first season which was of
1: that first like, season yeah that first season was so amazing
0: it was black tar man it was it was the best stuff yeah. um and then yeah i already talked about it, but major league baseball just continuing to just to, to step in it and not like putting its best foot forward heading into a, an off season one, one more year. It's just like, the, we're, we're just stuck with this, this flawed sport. And maybe that's just what it has to be. And we have to embrace that, but yeah, that's depressing. Uh, the hydro spring training so far, we are keeping the hydro, uh, the golden hydro to end the year. Um, what do you have for this?
1: Hunter Dozier. Do you know why?
0: <laughs> Cause he's, he's, uh, the new angels number 17.
1: That's right. The, the balls on that guy. Just be like, yeah, I'll take that number. <laughs> like, probably the greatest player to ever play the game of baseball. And fucking Hunter Dozier, who he's like, he's not bad, he's, but he's not good. No. To be like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the number 17. <laughs> I respect it. I, I, I want him to have a good year.
0: I don't know, Hunter Dozier, but the name Hunter just implies this, this like, uh, entitledness that I think it just, it just, I see that it just tracks you know it's like that's it's like of course that I would do that
1: that would be a hunter thing
0: uh classic hunter move um what's yours i the 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 seattle baseball media i think has done a really good job this offseason um Ryan divish just having a, a banger of an offseason his his appearance on the lookout landing podcast which i will link to this show to to the show notes is 100% worth listening to yeah, um, not necessarily because of the interviewers on that show. Got to say that, no, but no, no. <laughs> but he is cooking and it gave a ton of information about th- how this offseason went down and made me for the first time, I think, like, understand where his sources are coming from, which was literally like Jerry DePoto and Scott Service It's like yeah why yeah. the offseason went the way it did, which where we can got. This- a-
1: can I ask you a question about that, though? Like, he definitely alludes to like him texting Jerry and texting Scott Service and stuff why the fuck are those guys giving him anything? Like he is so negative around, and I'm not even like trying to be childish here, but it's like, wouldn't you rather give it to somebody who's going to try and paint your position in like an, in like a reasonable light? Because when he writes about the Mariners, he does not pull punches on like anything. Like, don't you think even, even if, even if DePoto doesn't care, right? Like Stanton's got to be telling DePoto, like, don't feed that guy anything. Like he's not nice to us.
0: (laughs) Well, that might you might get your answer there because who is who is the number one villain in in Mariners land right now?
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe Depoto was playing like some five D chess there and trying to take the heat off himself
0: because he did. And I think it, it's like when you understand it, it's like they they did think that they were getting more money and then they didn't because of the Comcast shakedown and that colored the picture we have now, where the payroll is actually lower than it was last year. And that, by the way, did, did I
1: call that or did I call that? <laughs> you the... did call yeah. that. I
0: did call that, which is just insane. Barring barring the Chapman signing, that probably won't happen. Uh, That is the reality we're looking at. Um, So Davis was great there. He wrote an excellent story about Scott's Service being kind of the the global ambassador for Mariners baseball, like traveling around North America uh, and and South America. Well, yeah, South America, too, um, to kind of remedy the disconnect between the front office and the team, whether... Do you know the, 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 it's more of a gift than anything. And it's, it's Drake and Lil Yachty. And like Drake's just showing like the most basic thing in the computer to him. And yeah, he's just and, like, and oh. he's going like,
1: oh, yeah. Like, why didn't I get that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're both wearing like Apple stuff, aren't yeah, yeah. they? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, dressed,
0: they're dressed like Best Buy employees or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do kind of feel like that's what Scott Service did to all these players of just ex- <laughs> explaining like, <laughs> It's so like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're getting the old bad players out of here that are expensive and getting different. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But anyways, it was a very good story. Okay. And- Can I
1: give you my hot take about that? Um, I, think major league, I think Major League Baseball players are not very good pretend GMs. Like, And I get why that's the case, Like, but they don't know more than the average fan like i truly in my heart believe that like the average fan would be just as good of a gm as the average major league baseball player and granted that means neither of them would be very good at all but i don't think your average run-of-the-mill base of course there's exceptions like i think paul seawald would be like really good you hear him talk he's like smart about it but like
0: chris young's pretty good
1: who Christian? Yeah. yeah, but like, I don't think like, like for instance, like Marco Gonzalez, like, is does is, is he a better roster builder than like <laughs> Mariners, whatever on Twitter? I don't know, I don't think so.
0: True to the Trident, and Marco Gonzalez <laughs> has to has to do a, a roster sim on Have you ever played O-T-T, Pretty
1: fun.
0: I've heard about I, it. Yeah. 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 um but yeah, no, I just that that story of of service going around and basically doing like, you know, say anything, the movie of John Cusack where he has the yeah, boom the, the, the boom, boom box. box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, hit him doing that at Cal Raleigh and Logan Gilbert's house, like to explain what happened for, for this offseason. <laughs> across the world, um, and, and doing it in Spanish with, with, uh, Luis Castillo. Very, very yeah. fun. Very interesting. And I, I, think- I,
1: I do appreciate George Kirby's answer to that question when they're like, so George, what do you think of the roster moves? And how are you feeling after the first round that wasn't so positive in the second round that was more positive, you know, cause the offseason was essentially two distinct eras. Yes. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I don't pay attention. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like, I agree with, you. that's how you should look at it.
0: You saying George Kirby reminded like, me that that is my actual golden hydro of spring training is him. That he just trains by just firing, oh, yeah. in, firing in, into uh what is it? A nine, nine, holes, a nine hole.
1: Yeah. Nine hole. I think there's like, you know, it's each, each pocket is like yep. upper left-hand corner of the strike zone, lower right-hand corner of the strike zone. You know, it's like a quadrant
0: with AirPods in just Blasting dubstep, I think that's 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 beautiful, and it explains a lot of his kind of like, like, there we've had moments where it's just like, wow, there's either nothing going on in George Kirby's head or everything in that, yeah, that, that uh, that tracks. So, yeah, good stuff from George. And the other thing about the baseball media that I was gonna say the hot stove shows with Aaron Goldsmith and Gary Fire. and and uh, um, why am I th- Gary? Gary Hill? Yeah, it's like Jesus. He's been on the show.
1: He's been on our show.
0: <laughs> Gary Hill could not remember his last name. Uh, they are incredible. There's six of them, I think, seven. Uh, yeah, go, they're all go, bangers. I'll I'll link, not all of them, but I'll link to uh to that show so that you can track those. Um, all of them are worth listening to if you are craving more Mariners content than we are capable of bringing to you. Um, just awesome stuff you hear from colt emerson that that interview i think is the highlight of all of them but oh, yeah. ryan oh, yeah. bliss jesse smith uh J- justin hollander like you get a ton of info and and they they track over a pretty good amount of time so you mitch garver um uh, so you you get mm-hmm. to meet meet a lot of of the key characters in, in mariner's land
1: yeah and depoto has definitely gotten muzzled because he he was always used to be on that show
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you want to take a guess when our first wheelhouse is do you think it's over or under I- uh, opening game. I,
1: I have another hot take. I think I think the wheelhouse is done. Shelved. I really feel like I think it's shelved. I think he got muzzled.
0: How much of that is I would like to muzzle I, this is what's best for for the organization. I'm volunteering to do this or somebody told like Justin Hollander was like there is no upside to this stupid yeah, shit. Somebody
1: somebody told him like dude you're never gonna win like you just have to stop doing this.
0: Yeah. I I think it's either get, well the thing about the wheelhouse is That it is, it's it's state media. The seven (laughs) ten, the seven ten interview. You know, it can get pushed on some tough questions. The wheelhouse, they can talk about whatever the hell they want. And so, if he wants to talk about, you know, Tom Glavin for forty five minutes, that's still his show. So, yeah, I'm not. I understand why you're saying that, but if it comes back i could see it being a, a neutered version of what it was before
1: and if it does come back i will say this it's only coming back when the mariners are on a hot streak <laughs>
0: there's yeah. no
1: chance it happens other than that
0: there will be zero episodes to get published with the team under 500 there's yes. no no chance yeah. Uh, so yeah um stay tuned to that that's probably the most interest that's that's the fourth thing i'm caring about is will we get a preseason wheelhouse um maybe 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 worth an email to one of the two guests of that show or two hosts of that show that we've uh, had contact with. Uh, Stay tuned on that folks, but this is great, Phil. I am uh, very interested in spring training. I will not look at box scores. That's my vow to you. And uh, we'll be back sometime in between now and opening day for a more robust preview of, of the season. How's that sound? That,
1: That sounds like a plan.
0: All right. Uh, Well, we'll talk to you later if you like what you heard. Five-star review, rating, all that good stuff. Tell your friends that this is the best damn Mariners podcast you know. And we'll talk to you soon. All
1: right. Take care.
0: One more thing for you, buddy.